You're listening to Behind the Hype, where we delve into the stories of artists who are making waves in the digital world, shining a light on their unique journey and creative process as we discuss key moments that propelled them into the spotlight. I'm Shay Connolly. And I'm Mark Conway. Let's get into it. Jacob Lee is an Australian singer-songwriter. He's clocked over 210 million Spotify streams and more than a quarter of a billion YouTube views as an independent artist. He's released three EPs and six full-length studio albums. And he's just wrapped his headline tour of Europe where he did 25 shows in 17 countries. Jacob is also a serial entrepreneur who holds the title of being the first NFT musician in Australia, a cause he is furthering with his Web3 company, Lowly Labs. Thanks to our sponsors at Massive, we like to kick off these podcasts by asking our guest, who are you a massive fan of? Someone I've been thoroughly inspired by, I think, and primarily in the way of reinventing himself consistently with every album. Um, I know it's a mainstream artist, but The Weeknd, um, I find that he is very good, and I assume his team is very good at identifying exactly what they want to convey each time, like with his appearance, exactly what he's wearing, the aesthetic, the color grading, the music, all of it is so well crafted. And I really get inspired by that. You know, it's not just the songs, like everything else is pristine too. So I would say he's the guy that I'll choose for this question. Jacob joins us from his home studio on the Gold Coast. Know that you actually just wrapped up a UK and Europe tour and you had about 25 shows across 17 countries. So how are you feeling after that and how did it go? Yeah, feeling really good. Um, feeling settled now. I've got two kids, so it was nice to get back to them. I miss them a lot. But simultaneously, uh, we had to cancel the tour three times because of COVID. So the ability to actually get on a flight and actually land and not be, like, not be told to turn around, uh, that was nice. <laughs> so um, this was the first time that we had like a, a tour bus per se i brought um someone with me who was kind of like tour managing but also uh playing guitar on stage and a few other things which was nice and also a content uh someone to capture content so the team was good the energy was good all the shows were really fun like a lot of people came which was nice uh there were a few territories that were smaller but i'd never been to them before so i just had to test the territory and see how it went but everything overall was super positive like couldn't be happier oh that's amazing and i know that you i did see a few tweets that you talked about connections so is anything that stands out um, I mean, I try to meet everyone at the shows, uh, which is silly, <laughs> to be honest. Um, it takes a long time. And obviously, it depends on how many people have come. But for the bigger ones, uh, when you speak to 600 to 800 people, and you say, I want to meet all of you at the end, the venue is like, no, <laughs> like, why are you saying this? <laughs> um, we have a curfew. We want to shut the doors. What are you doing? So we would meet at the merch desk for a little while. And then they would come up to me usually and say, you're like half an hour to 45 minutes over. Like we have to shut. And so instead we would take everyone out to the street and we'd continue talking there and, and I'd meet people there. So 
in the way of connection, I would say that's definitely the highlight of all the shows, being able to meet people in person and get photos and hear about which songs have resonated with them. But I guess in addition to that, actually being on stage and not performing in a Twitter space is good. I'll take that over <laughs> Twitter space any day. And I know that Romania's got a special connection for you over there. Is there a reason for that? When I went on tour pre-COVID throughout Europe numerous times, Romania was just always the biggest. And the first time I went over there, I had no idea what the ticket sales were. And it was over a thousand tickets. And I was like, how do any of you know my stuff at all? Because that was way bigger than any of the other shows that I was playing. And apparently one of the one of my songs, Demons, the acoustic session, uh, just went viral there and I have no idea why literally no idea why and everyone just was kind of forced to listen to that song because it was being played everywhere and I guess that's how they started to know me so luckily every time I go now uh there's it's it's almost like a reunion in a way like I recognize so many of them who've come to the show even though the shows are quite big and that's just like the coolest thing ever you know so I'm trying to get that kind of feeling with other territories. And I think luckily through this tour, there's a few other tour, uh, territories which are kind of moving in that direction. Um, Estonia is one, Copenhagen is one, London is one. Uh, and yeah, there's a few others which are starting to really grow and I'm starting to recognize what the different territories want from me. Like some really love the acoustic stuff and others are way more inclined to listen to the electronic pop music. And now I kind of have more of a gauge as to what they want. I feel as though your brain works in quite an entrepreneurial way and that you're looking at your music career from a marketing perspective as well as an art perspective. I find that quite fascinating. I've tried to stop creating things beyond music in the past because I honestly know objectively if I just sat in the studio and wrote songs all the time and released songs really often, like I was doing before I had kids, I would probably be in a better position than I am now. But I literally cannot stop conceptualizing what the entire ecosystem looks like beyond the songs and the lyrics and the music videos. And it's to my detriment, I think, in the short term. However, I think in the long term, it's going to be really uh, beneficial and lucrative because I've built everything from the ground up with a team that I've decided to work with. And I don't have any industry people in here taking a percentage, which is really frustrating half of the time. So I'm really grateful for, I guess, the natural inclination to want to do those things. I can't tell you that I'm any good at it. I know that things I've done in the past have worked, but there's people who are way more entrepreneurial than I am, I can imagine, who are doing obviously far better than me. But I think my challenge is trying to balance the artistic side with the entrepreneurial side and, and see how I can put those together in a marketing sense that makes sense. Because I know that sometimes when you look at a singer-songwriter, you don't really associate them with like the hustle mentality, you know? Like you just assume that they're in the studio creating things and it's a very whimsical experience. Um, but I love the other side too. And I'm just trying to figure out how best to like balance them and market them. So people know who I am instead of having to suppress that. Like I used to. Yeah. I mean, you've had such a successful career as an independent artist. And I know as an independent artist, it really is all on the artist mostly. I'm curious what advice you give to people that are considering going that independent route. I know that you've had a bunch of meetings over the years with labels and those kind of 
people. I'm just curious, is that the direction that you would recommend to other artists? Honestly, I would recommend the independent route for multiple reasons. One, I think if you're only starting out, you have no leverage. So even if you somehow do entice management or a label to work with you, they have all of the power. And a lot of the time they'll exercise that power. So that's a no-no. I think you know you're ready to sign with someone if you are when they start offering you significant advances. Like that's their way of kind of bribing you into the system. And sometimes it's great. Like I'm currently with a a distribution company and it's been fine. Um, They've presented an advance and I'm working with them on an album. Um, And it's, it's okay. I think I'm, you know, I'm still completely independent. There's no creative control in that sense whatsoever. However, there is a part of me that still thinks creating your own team and finding them through social media or contacts or word of mouth is a lot better because they're going to be a lot more invested uh, than a label which has a hundred or more artists that they're trying to manage and work with. And most of them are probably making more money than you are. So business-wise, they have to focus on them more anyway. So it becomes quite difficult. I think everyone has their own pathway. But to be honest with you, in my experience, most, like 98% of the people I've worked with in the industry have slowed me down. I've been way better solo. And that's just my own experience, to be honest. I think everyone's going to have their own tendencies. And we just spoke about the entrepreneurial tendencies. I think there's a lot of artists who only want to write music and not touch any of that. And so that's probably going to be better for them because then other people can take that. They don't care. And hopefully they work in a way that's conducive to what the artist wants. But uh, in my experience, I've just found that everyone slowed me down and presented a whole bunch of things which actually haven't been effective. And it's made the whole experience more convoluted. So I'm really glad now that I found where I want to be business wise and in my mentality. And that's creating my own team, which I've done now. And all of them are very excited to continue building out projects and, and making videos and content and stuff like that. The, re- the reason I sort of laughed during that is just on my background, I sort of started out as a YouTube kid making YouTube videos and then got uh, TV shows and, and made films and all those sorts of things. And there was always this belief of me and my creative partner that when the cavalry came in that we could kind of just rest and just make the art and then they would do all the other work and it would be perfect and just in our experience every time it was always just way worse Mm. way slower and we we had bad experiences every time i think it's good advice to give the independent artists that this cavalry isn't necessarily better for you i think it always seems better than it is and then you sign and you're like shit (laughs) what have i done what have i done um I really, I always try like in this type of conversation, not to be the guy who's like, don't do it. They're all out to get you because some people have signed some deals and they've been fine. But if I'm just to be straight up honest, most artists, like again, a very high percentage of artists who I speak with on the regular are never really happy to be honest with you. I think they're always a lot more happy just doing it themselves and and relying on themselves to create the success. Because I think a lot of the time, the people that they've signed on with aren't actually contributing in the way they thought they would. Therefore, they are slower because they have to kind of cross through these people, but these people aren't showing interest like they were pre-deal. And it kind of just comes to light that a lot of the time, they just want your back catalog and your royalties and, and that's that. So you have to be careful. 
while we are on that entrepreneurial mindset of yours, I would love to know if you had any advice for musicians as well, maybe if they're listening to this, uh, how to embody that entrepreneurial side because I definitely know that we've spoke to a lot of artists and some of them are like, I just want to make music and that makes being independent quite hard. I think you can definitely learn to build your own little world, you know. I wanted to say like infrastructure or ecosystem or whatever, but it's just like one thing that I look at in social media is trying to create a world within that. And what I mean by that is if you have Twitter and Instagram and all these different things, like trying to make sure that they all kind of, they look alike in a certain way. So you're creating something that people can associate with, which is exactly the reason I spoke about the weekend earlier, because he'll just shift everything one day. And all of a sudden you realize he's in a new era. Um, I don't know. I don't think, I think you need to play into your strengths every time. So the way that I've done it isn't going to be the way that a lot of other people do it. Like I've had many conversations with uh, artists who've, I guess, looked at certain numbers of mine and wanted some advice. And I'm always down to just like chat and see where it leads. And half the time I see their eyes glaze over half an hour in and they're like, oh shit, like, do you have to do all that? <laughs> like, do you have to do all of that stuff? And it's like, you kind of do. Yeah. But maybe you don't have to do it. Someone else can. And if you have someone who you really trust and, and you're going to like go at it together, amazing. Like that's better than what I had. But there's also a few of us out here who really love to see how much of it they can learn themselves and then teach others and create the entire the entire team. And it's really just going to depend on what you want. Um, at the end of the day, really just honing in on the skills that you find most natural, I would say is probably the biggest advice I would have. I love writing and songwriting. And as we've established many times already, I feel like I have a natural inclination to want to build out the back end stuff too. So I just go in on that and hopefully I'm right. And if not, I won't be successful, <laughs> you know, but, uh, there's going to be other people out there who only want to write or they don't like writing and they can outsource that to someone else, but they're incredible at performing. So if they can just identify exactly what they love and what they're good at, they can go in on that and hopefully fill the gaps with other people. Amazing. And speaking of your world that you create on social media, I definitely think you do an amazing job of that. Whenever I land on your profiles, it feels like a brand, uh, which you've done really well. Uh, so I wanted to talk about your little world that you've created, which is Lowly Labs. It's a Web3 focused community and you empower people and creatives to really foster connection and you get, provide them with resources. So, yeah, share more about that. I guess in the brief sense is we simply want to create really uh, uh, well looked after communities, I would say. Um, the entire reason why it's called Lowly Labs, Lowly Land, Lowly Lyricist. Um, for a long time, as I was establishing myself as an artist, and a lot of people were saying no to me or not really understanding why I was so obsessed with lyrics, and they were like, you know, write more commercial things, you're going to be successful quicker, all that kind of stuff that you hear. I always felt like, and this is something that was just fully internal, like it's kind of cringe, but it was like Lowly Lyricist was the the name that kind of came up, you know, I loved lyrics and I felt like I was kind of just working through, um, all of this kind of internal stuff, trying to find my way in the industry. And that was a name that I kind of had in the back of my head, never did anything with it for a long time. And then when NFTs came around, 
I wanted to kind of jump into that world without annoying my fan base because I would want to talk about it all the time. And I just decided to use an alias and that alias became, I guess, more well known as I jumped in spaces all day. Um, and then as the ideas kind of started to be, you know, they came more to fruition, Lowly Lyricist turned into Lowly Labs and then Lowly Labs became a collection called Lowly Land. And so here we are with all these, uh, you know, this lowly thing that's going around on the regular, but that's kind of the backstory. And at the end of the day, we want to create a growing community of a lot of different people from both the web two and the web three side who feel like they're in a group of people who want to grow and become better and work toward their potential and all of those good things. So over the last year and a half, I've found various people to jump on my team, one of which is a mindfulness director, one is a web three director, one is a music director and an art director, and they facilitate various things in the community for people with a whole range of personalities. So I guess that's why I feel like it's probably going to grow quite well because we have lots of different people who are very like proficient in a specific area and I can just work on the, on the high level stuff and make sure the company is growing and the illustrations are coming and the NFTs are being built and stuff like that. So I guess, yeah, without going like super in depth on it, we just want to create a really beautiful, comprehensive community that's growing month by month both with NFTs and access passes, but also just with the traditional membership model. And we found that it's working pretty well so far. I'm really interested to know how you've obviously been open to trying new things and you've been like, you've been a musician for how many years? Like started busking and now you're obviously going into the web three. So I would love to know how you've seen art and music and the music industry as a whole develop and change and where you see it going. It's shifted a lot. I think I was, and oh, I'm going to sound like such a boomer. Um, <laughs> but like I was, I think I might've been the last generation that had like no, no internet, you know, like with the dial up vibe and everything. And my first piece of technology was like a Game Boy Color. Uh, I was playing Pokemon Yellow and stuff like that. Um, but obviously now we're in a landscape where, AI is a very prominent discussion on the regular. Um, it's taken the uh, attention off of like blockchain NFTs and Web3 quite a bit because of just how quickly it's moving. And so if you look at that time frame, that's not a long time frame. Like I'm only 28 and I've seen all of that. It's like, okay. So where it's going is kind of scary. Honestly, it's, it's like exciting, but scary in the way that AI is going to be developing songs that are algorithmically perfect, quote unquote, uh, which could sound like anybody. And I think it really depends on whether you choose to embrace it or deny it. And I think whether you like it or not, you have to embrace it because it's coming anyway. And you've got to find a way to uh, implement it into your strategy. But there's someone online, uh, Gino, who you might know, Gino the Ghost, who's on Twitter um, a fair bit. Uh, He's been in the Web3 space. He's got a collection called Block Tones. And he's kind of been talking about the grime situation, how, you know, she was like, look, everyone use my voice. I don't care. And if it's good enough, we'll split royalties. Uh, she, I think like that one announcement shifted the perspective for a lot of people because before it, I think a lot of people were afraid and scared and angry that all these, uh, AI songs started kind of coming out of nowhere, but instead she chose to embrace it. And now I think more and more people are choosing to embrace it. So my internal dilemma is I'm very obsessed with trying to 
maintain a level of artistry and authenticity. And my way of doing that has been to sit in a room by myself with no input and just see what happens and try and really use your mind and your subconscious and have that spiritual experience. And I think obviously that's still possible to have, but there's so many distractions and tools which get you a great result quicker than if you were to do that by yourself. And so it really depends, I guess, on the intention of the artist. Like, are you trying to really craft something from in, within and then give that as, a, as an offering to people? Or are you just trying to put out a song every two weeks that's probably going to sound incredible anyway uh, and, and make money off of that? It's like there's going to be so many different avenues, um, which I think is both exciting and very frightening. So <laughs> I think everything is moving so quickly right now that it's... Um, pretty hard to determine what it even looks like in the next 12 months, to be to be frank with you. Um, but one thing that I will say to kind of finish off this thought is beyond all the things which can be somewhat replaced, and I don't want to say that in a bad way, but like you've seen how incredible AI art is. You can generate it in two seconds. Um, I think that the community aspect is still very difficult to replace with all of this technology. Like all these beautiful things can arrive all the time and you, you might get overwhelmed with how amazing all these songs sound and how, how this art is, but are people going to be joining a community um, from an artist who's, who's doing that unless they're just interested in how the artist is doing that, which I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are. Um, but the community aspect of just having like all of these people around you who you've slowly spent time getting to know and they all have similar interests, like that to me can't be replicated just yet. And I think that's why the Lowly Land stuff and the Luminary Club stuff and all my music, I'm trying to find a way to foster that because I think if you have a strong community, then, you know, regardless of what comes, they're going to want to be a part of your journey anyway. You're so speaking our language. Like that's literally what our entire platform is built on. So bringing that connection back to the internet with all the AI going on is going to be vital for the music industry. So we totally agree. Um, I just want to rewind because you said something really cool about your creative process and how that works quite spiritually for you while you're alone. Can you talk me through that process a little bit? Yeah, yeah. That's arguably my favorite experience that I ever get to have. Um, I uh, For as long as I've written, um, whether it be just like little short stories back at school or whether it be lyrics or anything, uh, I always found for some reason I've had to be like completely alone and I need to know that I'm not going to get disrupted by someone. I remember sitting in my uh, parents, you know, house when I lived back with them and um, dad would randomly walk in the room just because I was sitting in a stupid area. I should have been in my bedroom, but I was like in the middle of the house, just thinking that I could like lock myself into like this area. And he would walk through just to grab something. And I got super mad because I was like, you're ruining the flow. I was in like such a decent flow. Um, and now luckily, I guess we're in our own, uh, uh, property and, um, I have a studio which I can kind of just like lock the door and, and, and zone out. Um, but I've just found that a lot of the songs I've written are from experiences that I haven't had. So it's a subconscious, like imaginative uh, experience, which I can't really explain. And whether that be spiritual or just imagination or creativity, I don't know what it is. I'm not going to try and like define it, but there's songs I've written about, you know, a kidnapped 
child and their experience if if they could be found or if they could write a letter to their parents. I've written about schizophrenia, um, various mental health uh, illnesses and, and issues that I've never had, nor have I actually known anyone with them. But for some reason, when I'm alone and I stop thinking completely, all of these things just tend to come through. So that's, I mean, what creativity is. I know that a lot of comedians talk about it. I know a lot of songwriters talk about it. Um, even like novelists, people who write like authors talk about it. So it's not exclusive to me at all. Um, but uh, the spirituality per se of finding time to disassociate with everything and just let your mind create things, um, that to me is a really powerful thing. And I think it is like, you know kind of scary when you have younger artists coming up in a world where AI is just already there for them and they don't know any different. Like, are they going to find an avenue or even just the time to learn that they can do that themselves? I'm not sure. I think it depends on the scenario that they're in and, and the family and the friends they have. You talk a lot about lyrics and language and it seems to be your North Star in all your creative endeavors. I'm curious where that started and your sort of fascination with language and words and how important that is to you. you know how when you grow up you just find the one or two things that you love more than others honestly I was never kind of presented anything that made me go oh that's the thing I feel like I was very lucky and I really think it's luck in like knowing what I loved early uh, before it was even lyrics, as I said before, it was just short stories. And I've told this story before, but I used to go on Google images and type in random things and see if I could find just like an inspiring image or an inspiring drawing. And if I found one I liked, I would stay up really late at night and write a story about it. And then I would show my mom in the morning and she'd be like, I don't care. No, she wouldn't be like that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, she was kind of like, you know, she was forced to, um, be like, oh, good job. Like, just get ready for school. Um, so I just found that I love that anyway. And when I found that I really love to sing as well, I think stories and singing just form lyrics. So lyrics became the obsession for me. And um, I think when I started to get feedback online from all these different people around the world that the songs were impacting them in a really significant way, uh, I'm even getting like goosebumps now, like that was just solidifying for me that I was doing something which was helping people in a certain, in a certain sense. So I think it was just like compounding things, which made me realize that lyrics and stories and well put together, uh, you know, um, uh, I guess, yeah, like stories and words, um, they help people in a way that sometimes other things can't. And you can articulate emotions when sometimes they're feeling things that they don't know how to vocalize or, or talk about. And I found that to be a really empowering thing. And I love doing that. So uh, now as I expand outward to other things, I'm trying to maintain that dynamic in all of it and just slowly but surely try and find a way where people feel comfortable enough to share what they're working on and also receive stuff from myself, the team and the community that might continuously inspire them because there's already enough negativity out there online, especially when you're like scrolling through any timeline. Like it's just like, you know, almost every day you're exposed to at least one piece of content, which is pretty bleak. So I think having a community that's the exact opposite of that and watching that grow and me leading that into something which I think is really like wholesome and, um, you know, people can learn about various ways to create and uh, express themselves. 
that's like everything to me. So it all stemmed from lyrics, really. <laughs> it all just stemmed from me loving stories and, and inspiring people in that way. And now it's trying to do that through other means too, I guess. It sounds like your influence was bleed out beyond music and into writing and, and visual art. Are there particular people that inspire you outside music? Um, yeah. Uh, honestly, I would say that I'm inspired more so by people who aren't artists, to be honest. I think authors per se, like, um, I don't know if you've read the meditations by Marcus Aurelius, like adore that. And he didn't even intend for that to be a book. It just became one. So like stoicism and philosophy. And I was reading, uh, when I was writing a song called reality, I was reading the Bhagavad Gita, which is a, um, a Hindu book, like an old, old, old text like that stuff. I've just loved that stuff. And it sounds honestly so contrived when I talk about it because it's like, Oh, you think you're like clever. It's not that I just love philosophy. And like, that's why I've got an album three years ago called philosophy. The album after that is called conscience. Like I just like this stuff, you know? So I guess, um, yeah, reading all of those types of books and, and trying to dive more into like the philosophical side, um, and seeing how that can tie into lyrics is also a really cool thing that I like to do. How have you seen your songwriting evolve over your career? Obviously you've done a lot of acoustic stuff and now it's a lot more electronic. I'm curious about that transition and your lyrics through that and your songwriting ability through that and how that's evolved? I think the way that I've written has changed a bit since I've um, kind of, I guess, gotten a bit older. And all my previous albums, most of them were written on an acoustic guitar. So I found that to be a very, you know, you can just be as slow as you want to be with that and you can just sit there all day and you can let things happen. Um, throughout COVID, I taught myself production. Uh, I should have taught myself a lot like way earlier than that, but I just never thought I'd be very good at it. So I didn't touch it, but COVID gave me, gave me a lot of time. So I picked up Pro Tools and, and started teaching myself that. And um, I think my songwriting has definitely shifted in writing through that that means, I guess. So I kind of work more with synths now and modular synthesis and stuff like that. And you're kind of crafting the instrumental before you even put lyrics into it. And for a long time, I would say maybe even two years, I found it very difficult to inject lyrics into an instrumental when beforehand I was writing the instrumental and the lyrics together and it felt like they belonged. But now because I've done it for a while, I think I can kind of separate the two and, and make it happen. But I guess when you listen to like songs like Jealousy and uh, Easy For You, which are kind of like the more new ones, they're a lot more electronic, even a bit more housey than the others. And I'm very interested now with the remainder of this album and the next one to see if I can balance the old feeling with the new and find a really good middle ground. Because honestly, Easy For You, the most recent song was written like two and a half, oh man, maybe even three years ago. And I only recently put that out and I don't even really like it <laughs> anymore. Um, so it's like, it doesn't represent where I'm at at all. Uh, so I'm keen to kind of put out some newer stuff that's a lot closer to me than what that song is. Cause yeah, it's just like, I guess it's old and I'm over it. Yeah. That brought me to my next question, which is what do we have to look forward to coming up? All of the things um, I want to put out a bunch of songs again. I would love if I could get to a point where I'm releasing a song every six weeks. Um, I'm not there yet. And the reason I'm not there yet is because I'm putting 
honestly, way too much time into the lowly lab side, <clears throat> which isn't too much time. Like it's great that I'm putting a lot of time into that and building it out and really getting the team up to a place where if I needed to disappear, I could. Um, but yeah, over the next 12 months, there's going to be the album, which I'm currently working on, which I'm also calling lowly land just as a way to like cap them all together um that's going to be done alongside a bunch of new songs uh obviously within the next kind of era of music whatever that looks like i haven't even written that yet but i would love to really get my prominence back on youtube uh i haven't posted on youtube in a little while and i've got a solid audience there that's where i gathered most of my attention and i've been putting a lot more time into kind of building out the back end of this company which again i don't regret like it's coming together amazingly but if i negate the 830,000 subs I have, I'm an idiot because everyone wants that. And if I'm just not posting there because I'm too busy on other stuff, that's so dumb. So I need to work more on getting more content there and um, <laughs> making sure that both audiences are feeling like they're getting what they deserve. <clears throat> and that's why I'm trying to, trying to bridge the gap between both ventures as much as I can. So I'm not splitting my time so much because it's just not sustainable, I don't think. Dumb question to finish. Do you have a lyric of yours that you think, yeah, that was pretty good. Pretty happy with that one. I would say I really love the beginning of reality, uh, which is if I can even remember that lyric. I know I love it, but now I can't even remember it off the top of my head. <laughs> um, but I can at least explain the meaning of it. Um, I wrote a song all about the planet and how various things teach you lessons in an indirect way. So the, the first verse of reality is me speaking about the breeze and how it kind of teaches you things as it goes by, um, you know, uh, just as you're kind of existing in, rea in, in reality. And I know that sounds super rough because I explained it really badly. But if you listen to the song, uh, it's actually quite profound. And I talk about the sea and um, all these different kind of elements of the planet which teach you certain things if you look at them close enough. So this is just me trying to sound smart because I forgot the lyrics to be honest. <laughs> That's, That's cool. Great. I'm going to go listen to that song now. Yeah, it's suspense. Yeah, wanna, like now you have to listen this. to the song to get it. So. This episode was proudly brought to you by Massive, building the world's most connected community of artists and fans. Head to massive.fan to find out more about their new platform 